This is On The Radar with me, your host, Radar. And as always, we'll talk about local national sports and pop culture as well. Here in July, the NBA is still going in the NBA Finals. The Milwaukee Bucks are down 2-1 to the Suns with Game 4 tonight on a Wednesday in July 14th. And the hockey playoffs are over as Tampa Bay has won back-to-back championships last year during the uh, pandemic season where... It was a it was interesting playoff format this year with the whole Canada versus United States and really what happened with Tampa Bay, an Eastern Conference team played the Montreal Canadiens who are an Eastern Conference team as well, so that was interesting. That that's what happened as they went back to back and in this interesting type of season. <sighs> and in the NBA postseason, Dario Saric tore his ACL. So he's out for the rest of the series, which just doesn't really help the Suns, but they got enough firepower for the most part. They can overcome that. You know, Giannis's brother, Costa Zanaputo, who plays for the Lakers, he's gone to Greek. And Del Dova, who, who played for the Cavaliers recently, he has gone to a, to a national Australian team. And Langston Galloway of the Suns announced he has his own aesthetic shoes after taking a Harvard business courses as well. USA Today has announced they've announced a paywall for their stories, which, well, uh, that's stupid. We've got to pay for that. Scott Hansen announced he's resigning with the Red Zone to do a multi-year deal to stay with doing the Red Zone. ESPN signed a multi-year deal with the Big Western Conference. And the Olympics announced there's going to be no spectators, so it's only going to be on TV. That's really how every sport was like, we got to get in all these basketball games, all these hockey games, all these football, baseball games. They didn't care as long as they get in because they're on TV, so that's how it is with the Olympics. ESPN announced a 12-year deal with uh, exclusive rights to Wimbledon, so that's cool. Fan was ejected for taking a golf club of Maury McElroy. That's interesting. And um, the uh, Bud Light is signing Tate Kucherov of the Lightning, who had the famous post-game conference after winning it with a shirt off, drinking a Bud Light after they won. And um, Rui Hachimura announced he's going to be the flag bearer for Japan. That's questions to him. The Orlando Magic announced they've hired Jamal Mosley to be their head coach. Jamal Mosley played in the NBA briefly with didn't was undrafted in the NBA and played briefly, and he specifically played for teams overseas. And um, he was in the NBA, you know, National Bas- Australian Basketball League. So he, but he spent his years as a player development. For the Nuggets and an assistant for the Nuggets, then the Cavaliers, and then where he's been the last seven years is with the Mavericks. Some people thought he would take the Mavericks job before they hired Jason Kidd, but now he is the Orlando Magic. I just think the Orlando Magic, now they no longer have Vukovic, Aaron Gordon. They need to like find their new identity of what they are because it doesn't matter who the head coach is, it doesn't matter who the who's on the team. It just seems like there's something wrong and they're just not good enough to even be a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Scott Brooks, formerly of the Wizards, is joining the Portland Blazers staff. And David Vanderpool is going to join the Brooklyn staff. And um, in the WNBA, with Joy Lloyd has now has 700 career rebounds. Um, and Sue Bird has 3,000 assists. Juana Bonner has the sixth most free throws of all time. And um, Candace Parker has, has the 12th most assists and 3,000 rebounds. Congratulations on both of those. Allie Quigley has made 440 three-pointers, which is 19 all-time. She's also the first player to have 85-plus games with 10 assists. That's the most all-time. Celia Fowles now has 14 points 
on the all-time list with 5,786. And Courtney Williams hit the 2,000 mark. Congratulations to them. Tonight is the WNBA All-Star Game. Just for those who are interested in knowing that that's actually what's happening tonight. Due to the Suns and the Bucks having players in the NBA Finals. Darius Garland, Keldon Johnson, and Sadiq Bey have been promoted to Team USA roster from the select team as well. And Team USA is under 19 and won the FIBA Championship. Congratulations to them. Shaquille O'Neal and Giannis are only players that have 40 points and 10-plus rebounds in back-to-back NBA Finals. Congratulations, Giannis. And um, unfortunately, news in the NBA is Kawhi Leonard has surgery to repair the slightly torn ACL he has. He's going to be out for nine months. So in nine months from now, that's going to be in the middle of the next season. So him opting out and becoming a free agent or asking to be traded somewhere else, it's, going to, it's definitely going to be on hold if he has to miss the rest of this calendar year and into next year as well. And Djokovic has joined the Dallas and Federer to have 20 grand slams. Congratulations to him. Those who are interested, Conor McGregor lost a big fight this past weekend and had, had surgery on his foot. Mark Sanchez announced he's going to be a Fox NFL analyst in the studio. That's cool for him. And for those hockey fans who are tired of, you know, that Pierre Maguire in the glass segment on NBC for all these years, saying, did this guy play sports? Did he do all this stuff? He's now going to be joining the Ottawa Senators front office, so any jump of joining ESPN or Turner is not going to happen, so fans can rejoice for that as well because he's really, really annoying with that. Now, Frank Clark, if you were paying attention, they, they you know, he was arrested for finding, like, a gun in his his car, so he was arrested, he was charged with a felony for having the gun, so that is, you know, not good news for Frank Clark, because he's a very important player on the Chiefs, so they have to make a decision if they want to make sure they keep him, because a felony is very hard, because he had two guns, so it's hard to figure out what the Chiefs are going to do, because they were the team that cut Kareem Hunt for domestic violence, which is another story, but again, Somebody with trouble, they cut the guy right away, but with Tariq Hill, they kept him. And there's an interesting story about former Bears linebacker who's currently under contract with the with the uh, with the Falcons. So he's been arrested and charged with potentially 20 years for you know sexual contact with a kid and indecency. And that is just too much. And the Falcons officially did let him go after they releasing him. That, man, we got domestic violence people, we got people breaking the laws, which, you know, guns, weed, whatever, that's not a huge deal. But then the things with children, man, that is just too much. So his career is definitely over as a football player, and he could be probably spending 20 years in prison. So that's interesting there. In the football world, we lost longtime football coach Alex Gibbs, who coached college football before joining the Broncos, where he won Super Bowl, and he passed away this week. At the age of 80, so he was on part of the Broncos offensive line coaching from 95 to 2003, and then in 2013 he was in a, a consultant, but he spent most of his career being an offensive line coach on many teams, like the Chargers, the Colts, the Chiefs, the Falcons, the Texans, and the Seahawks. Rest in peace to Alex Gibbs. And then let's rest in peace to former baseball player Nino Escalera, the former Puerto Rican player who only played for one season was the first player of African descent to appear in a game in the Cincinnati Reds franchise history. He passed away at the age of 91. And he went when he was done with his career, he went into scouting. Rest in peace to him. And then we lost actress Suzanne Douglas, known for 
her role of Geraldine Jerry Peterson on The Parenthood, and for her being in the movie Tap, and then she won an NCAA Image Award for that. She was in How to Get a Groove Back, many other things, and using the Netflix miniseries When They See Us. She passed away at the age of 64, Chicago native. She had, after two years of battling with pancreatic cancer, rest in peace to her. We also lost Robert Downey Sr., American actor-director. People know him as the father of Robert Downey Jr. He written and directed a bunch of underground films that a lot of people don't know. But because he was in the industry, that's how Robert Downey Jr. got his start. But he passed away at the age of 85, so rest in peace to Robert Downey Sr. And then we lost actor William Smith. He knows for being in Hollywood for more than five years. He was, you know, in the 1970s miniseries Rich Man, Poor Man. He's also in Any Witch You Could Do with Conan the Barbarian, Rumblefish, Red Dawn. And he also was in an episode of Batman. He was in Hawaii Five-O. And he also was in, he voiced the character in Justice League animated series Draga. For those who watched that as well. So he's in plenty of things over the years. From here and there that you can think of. He passed away at the age of 88. And we also lost actor Charlie Robinson. Known for his role on the night court as Mac Robinson. The clerk of the court and a Vietnam War veteran. He passed away at the age of 75. He was in Sugar Hill and the Black Gestapo as well. And one of the last things he was in was a show called Love and Time of Corona. He also was a character on Raven's Home. He was on This Is Us for a couple episodes. He was on Better Things. And uh, some Disney shows as well over the years. And using the show The Game. So rest in peace to him. And um, happy trails to Tamara Young, the WNBA player. Of the the number eighth overall pick, the twentieth of the of the dream, she was traded to Shakai and, and they led and she was on the team that went to the WNBA final, and then she played also for the Aces as well. Besides the dream, she was a great college player as All American and CA player and All CA player of the year. Happy trails to her. She retired at the age of thirty four, and in hockey, Pekka Ren, Renee, the Finnish goalie, has retired. He is quick. He established him one of the best goalies in the hockey when he he won. The, you know he's the finals for the Venza a couple of years before actually winning it. He is the Nashville Fra- uh, Predators franchise leader in wins and shutouts and was a four-time All-Star and holds a record for most NHL wins by Finnish-born goaltender. He's also won a 20 NHL goal 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 in either regular season or the playoffs. He had, he tried at age 38. He never got to win that championship, but he had a really good career by you know winning. The All-Star game. He was in the NHL's young game. They used to have that. He won. He was NHL all, all second All-Star team. He has had a four-time All-Star, Venza winner, first All-Team one year. So happy trails to him. And then we're gonna get to the baseball. So the White Sox officially, after designating Adam Eaton first time, and he's officially become a free agent. Shohei Otani broke the Matsui's record of Japanese North players having more than 31 home runs. It's just an impressive year. I don't know how long he's going to keep it going because some dudes who always have this big first half kind of slow down because 30 is good enough for just anybody in one season, let alone the first half. DeGrom has 1,500 career strikeouts. Congratulations to him. The Indians have been in it for the third time this year. It's also the second time this year that we've had a seven-inning no-hitter. And Don Mattingly's 2022 option has been picked up. Hey, he did a good job last year with the Marlins. There's to stay there. Relief pitcher Daniel Kamara in his 
hit his first career home run, which was like a grand slam. The first hit, the last player to do was Bill Dugley B in 1898 or whatever, like in the late 1800s as your first career. That's just pretty cool. Daniel Vogelback and Adrian House were just serving brews before the Brewers game, which is pretty cool. Four Phillies players announced they've been on the COVID list, so hopefully all of them get healthy and better. Joe Ross's father, interesting story, said he saved the fame with a Heimlich maneuver in the stands. That's a pretty cool thing to be a historical guy, and you have a father of two major league pitchers because Tyson Ross is his other son. And then interesting story here, Joe Pepitone and his family are suing the Baseball Hall of Fame over Mickey Mantle's 500 home run bat because technically he claims that he used Joe Pepitone's bat and not his. That's where it's something interesting to hear here. Congratulations, Albert Pujols. He had a 675th home run. Congratulations, Bud Black. He's managed over 2,000 games. And to Pablo Lovas, who struck out nine straight players to start off a game. He's the first guy to ever do that. And the Mets have promoted two executives to assistant GMs. And they're also getting a four-part documentary of 30 for 30 ESPN about the 86 Mets, the, 89, the Mets that won the championship. And they said it's, you know... The year that they, uh, it's so big that the, that, you know, with the whole, you know, Bill Buggins the Leg is going to be a four-part documentary. That's going to be cool as well. And um, this All-Star game had 42 first-time All-Stars, which is pretty impressive there as well. And the Red Sox have signed Matt Barnes to a two-year extension, so he's going to be around for a while after making the All-Star team this year. And unfortunate news, Ronald Kuna tore his ACL the weekend before the All-Star game, and he's going to be out for the rest of the year. That is not good news because he is one of the best players in baseball. I always hearken on my baseball videos that he's not a leadoff hitter, nor is he a center fielder. But if you look at it, he's started more games in center field and better leadoff more than anything else. I'm wondering how they're going to handle the leadoff situation throughout the rest of the year. Are they actually going to give Christian Bache the opportunity or Arte the opportunity because... They already have Freddie Freeman batting second, so they're not going to put Freddie Freeman in the leadoff spot. That'd be pretty stupid as well. And now, the other thing is, the MLB draft happened. So, locally, the White Sox were looking at themselves that they, you know, Tim Anderson in the future is going to be up for free agency soon, and they didn't sign him to one of those extensions and things like that, so... That's the thing that they're going to be looking for, that the White Sox went and drafted a, a shortstop. The Cubs drafted a pitcher named Jordan Wicks. Sox drafted a guy named Colson Montgomery. The Pirates had the first overall pick, and they took a catcher because they haven't had a good catcher in years. Like, I mean it. Like, the last time they had a solid catcher on a regular basis for more than one year was when they had Russell Martin, okay? And that was just a brief, brief run as the Pirates catcher. And you've got to go all the way back to having Jason Kendall, for them having consistently a good catcher, so hopefully that works out for them. And the Rangers, interesting, they drafted Jack Leiter, who's related to all the other Leiters. Kai Gears took a pitcher. The Red Sox also took a shortstop. Orioles took an outfielder. Diamondbacks took a shortstop. The Royals took a pitcher. The Rockets took an outfielder. The Angels and the Mets took pitchers. The, X, the Nationals also took a shortstop. Seattle took a catcher. They've been a good catcher since Dan Wilson. And then the Phillies and Giants took pitchers. Brewers took an outfielder. And then the Marlins and the Reds also took shortstops. And then the Cardinals and the Blue Jays took pitchers and shortstop for the Yankees. The Indians and the Braves took pitchers. So did the Twins. The A's took a shortstop whose funny name is Max Muncy, which is funny because that's where Max Muncy originally came from. Potter took a shortstop. Rays took a shortstop. And then the Dodgers took a pitcher and the Reds took an outfielder. 
is interesting is most of the draft picks were shortstops or pitchers. You had a few outfielders here and there, and then they took a catcher with the first overall. But, man, this must have been a this draft of shortstops because that's interesting. And then the home run derby happened last night, I mean two nights ago. And I was hoping that Joey Gallo would do well because this is where I think personally he is a slugger and he is just, wow. That is what, you know, that's what he is. And that's where it would be perfect for it, especially in the mile out of here in Colorado. But at the same time, I was like, Trey Mancini would be a cool story, overcoming cancer. Trevor Storr is the local dude. That would be cool. And then Juan Soto, after the credible year last year, gets to be on a bigger stage here as well. I know that obviously they won the World Series last year, an incredible year during the pandemic. Salvador Perez, the catcher, there aren't that many catchers in the home run derby. When they are, they don't win. Troy Otani, the two-way sensation with 33 home runs. And they had Matt Olson of the A's as a left-handed hitter, which was cool in there. But then he had Pete Alonso, who won the last home run derby. And I was like, that'd be really cool if he won, you know, because he's the former, you know, guy. And um, that would be where I'm like, okay, cool. I would love for that thing. And I was right. Pete Alonso won. There was this cool swing off between Soto and Otani to get out of the first round. And if you're an Angels fan, you're like, good, get Otani out there. But yeah, he put on an epic show with Soto. Alonso put on a huge number. But then when he and Soto went to the second round, same thing with like Mancini. They they just easily beat the next round. And Story beat Gallo. And that's only because Gallo's pitcher took forever to throw the ball to him. And then Alonso won. And then the All-Star game. Otani, of course, started. And uh, Liam Hendrick got the save. So Liam Hendrick, Australian, got the save. And Otani, Japanese pitcher, got the win. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., born in Canada, raised in the Mid Republic. He was the MVP because he had a home run and another RBI. Another He drove in another run besides the home run. Mike Zanino hit a home run for the American League. JT Mute hit a home run for the National League. And again, the American League continues to dominate. And it's just fun to watch because the game actually went by smoothly and pretty quickly. My one issue was Kevin Cash having to put in guys like Tim Anderson just at the end and madly put having in Brandon Crawford and Machado barely in the game when you put you you replace them with other people in the game and playing Jared Walsh at first baseman in left field even though he made great play Chris Bryan in left field playing Chris Taylor his own utility player in center field which I know he can do playing you know Cornerworth at first base instead of Bryant I would rather have done that and the Rays love affair they put Joey Wendell in and then because of you know Kikuchi and Cole not feeling well, they opted out of not playing, but they were there. That they went and they added a Twins pitcher, Rodgers, and they also added the Kitteridge, a reliever that's been cut multiple times and not sure if he's going to be in the major league. Kevin Guy goes, hey, I need a reliever, so you're going to make the all-star team, even though they should just had one less pitcher. That's fine, because there were some pitchers like Rolls Chapman that didn't pitch, but yeah, let's make you make the all-star team. And then have you come in the game, let's have the Tigers lone all-star they don't really deserve to have one but everyone gets one he comes in and Rodano's pitched amazing this year didn't get a chance to pitch you know Lance Lynn pitched for the White Sox Craig Kimmel pitched for the Cubs Chris Bryant had played I said Anderson barely came in at the end and Hendricks then closed it out but yeah it was just like come on man little little bias there with those people but yeah it was a fun all-star game a fun uh features game and a good home run derby I haven't watched celebrity softball game but I will eventually and in television news Tech Entertainers announced he's going to be hosting the Emmys along with the Emmy nomination has been out there. So take a look at that on the Facebook, on the Radar Tan Block Facebook page. And uh, Vanessa Bayer is going to be in a comedy pilot called, you know, I love you. I love this for you. So that's good. The first she's getting a show. Evil was new for season three. For someone who doesn't have Paramount Plus, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. 
if CBS is smart and they put Evil Season 2 on DVD like next year, maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. And a Mario 64 game was sold for $1.56 million. That's cool. The show Curse was canceled at Netflix, but History 101 was renewed. And they've announced the cast for FBI International for the spinoff that I can't wait to watch because it's high quality. So they're going to have a guy named Luke Kataniak and Hannah Reed and Vanessa Vado to be in the show. That's going to be cool. So just those are the names of the people in there. They said some of these people have experienced being on an Amazon show. Bones, Pretty Little Loud, Person of Interest, Law and Order SVU, and Law and Order LA. And then this other one was in a BBC show. So they're going to have maybe foreign people in the show. That's going to be cool. Now, for those who aren't paying attention, I have yet to have the Housebroken Television Drew uploaded, but that will be up there soon. As I talked about it before, I'm going to talk to you guys about the CW show Republica Sarah. One thing I'll say about the show is it shows that, like, you got to fight for your right no matter what, like for freedom and justice and all this stuff. When people are marginalized and pushed and things like they're pushed up against the wall instead of, you know, cowering and just quitting, I like the show, you know, Go screw that. We're going to fight for what's right. Now, the show also takes a bold risk with the lead actress. Nobody ever actually, I don't know her. Wikipedia doesn't have a page for her. Her name is Stella Baker. She plays the main character, Sarah Cooper, a high school teacher who starts the rally of telling these bulldozers to stop, you know, mining for something. And she fights for them to become, a, you know, a republic, you know, their own country because it's the only way in her mind in the show is that they cannot have people drill on it if they have their own, you know, if they're on their country because then, you know, you can't do it because technically they're in between Canada and the United States and, the, and Canada and the United States supposedly have not been, you know, recognized who is who and I know that's somewhat giving away but that's the plot. The plot is they find a way to get out of them having the minerals be, you know, you know, mined out from them. So... And you come to their own town, the whole show is that they're their own town. So all the problems they're dealing with, not their own town, but their own, like, nation, their own country. Like, all the electric, uh, you know, how to pay for everything, a currency. All these different things that I like the idea throughout the course of this season and probably next season. you got to figure out how they're going to deal with all the ups and downs of running something. And how it is to be a political leader, but then also being a friend, which you really can't be. And things like that. And I do like the Luke Mitchells in the show because the code was wrongfully canceled after one year. He was killed off in Blind Spot and he was killed off in Agents of Shield. And now he's in a show, but he's playing her brother. So I know that's a little oh, coincidental that they're brother and sister, but he's supposedly the dude who left and he works for the company that's trying to mine. And then he comes back. Then you got that interesting relationship. They got to repair that. So I want to see how they can refix that. Then the straight relationship with the mother who was a drunken woman who, alcoholic who, was also in politics and stuff, and that's kind of why Luke Mitchell's character left. Then they got to add the fact that the main character's best friend is ex-fiance is with Luke Mitchell's character, and they may have a son together, so it's interesting to find out. You're like, huh. you, you always complain about there's too much drama going on in shows, but this show is about the people in this small little town of Greylock, formerly of New Hampshire, them fighting for their own freedom and to avoid this stuff, so you need to know the backstory. So they got an interesting backstory, and they actually, like, not the characters are not like two-dimensional hollow like they all have interesting things to contribute then they have another friend of hers who they live in the house together she's she's works at the police department that and she's an interesting character then they have this guy named ian duff where's a local diner he's a widower and stuff like that and i'm like wait i've seen that guy before and i was right he's duke from new amsterdam because i was wondering why when new amsterdam finally came back this season and had the run of episodes where this guy was because you know at the beginning of the show 
Jacko Sims' character, Dr. Reynolds, was mentoring him and stuff, and then he was in some episodes where Jacko Sims left, but now I don't see him. You're like, okay, it's because he was busy filming a pilot, filming a new TV show, which is why I didn't see him. And then the children are important. You got the the daughter whose father is the mayor. And, like, she doesn't want to be, like, the boot, like the mayor and his rich person problems because she starts dating this Native American kid who's an interesting character. Then you have, like, this woman who has to, girl who has to live with her father, even though it's not really her father, it's just, like, as she says, a sperm donor, like the, you know, gay guy who had a kid with a woman. That's an interesting dynamic because they're also trying to build the, the relationship back together, like the brother and sister are, the, the, the brother and sister with the mother. So it's interesting because they... They're going to need everybody, so they need all the students to, be, to help, they need all the people to live there, and they have the mother who's supposedly famous enough that she gets the last credits of Megan Fowler. She's a Canadian actress, who she's been in the show, and then the mayor's a guy who's been in things before, but yep, then you add the fact that the mayor's married to, to someone after his wife passed away or whatever, or maybe she left, and then we also got to figure out, like, Sarah, Sarah and, you know... Luke Mitchell's character, Danny, what happened to their father? Because they always talk about him going away. But yeah, so the girl, the mayor's wife, who's like the stepmother of this girl, I've seen her before. And you know why I've seen her before? She's a Canadian-based actress. She was in the show Nurses, which NBC showed the rights to, and The Corner, which the CW also sold the rights to. And that and that's interesting. And then, um, so the show's been interesting because it's an original idea. People saying no to the mining, becoming their own country, and then dealing with all this stuff. All the backstory of the characters where there's like some B story of what the students are doing and how they're handling it and stuff. So I think it's interesting that it's an original idea, interesting characters, good enough backstories. we got to learn more about all these characters because everybody has different ways to do it. And supposedly Danny's ex-fiance, who's Sarah's best friend, she's married and we've never once seen her husband. I don't know if they're ever going to do that. Then they have the will they won't they between you know Sarah and the guy who I know from New Amsterdam, you know Ian Duffy's playing Grover. That's interesting. Now, the other thing is CW pretty much renews everything. The last time they renewed something was Katie Keene, because they gave the dumb excuse of the playback on Netflix when Netflix at that point like their contract stopped with them for most part. They had like a halt to that because a lot of DC shows were going to HBO Max or whatever with the DC site folding and stuff. So the dumb excuse, it also supposed to get 22, but it didn't get a full 22, so it never really got its opportunity. And so I'm hoping that because in the summer we've had Stargirl for two years and in the dark slash Rondos of Mexico late spring, early summer, that there will be room next summer for the show because I don't know if it's going to get 12, it's going to get 13. But they said the show originally was supposed to be at CBS, but it didn't work out, so then they ordered it. And then, um, where they recasted everything. And, okay, so they've been given 13 episodes. I think 13 episodes is a good amount for the first season. I'm hoping that it does get renewed and they can expand further on this and things like that. Because, obviously, this was something that was supposed to take place last year. Because of COVID, obviously, it took a while for it to come out. So, that's the thing. And, um, so, yeah, CW, actually, you hit the mark on this one. I was tired of seeing you got Walker, which is a remake. You got Kung Fu, which is a remake, okay? I'm just like, yeah, enough is enough, you know? Now...
Yeah, so I'm appreciative that they have a new show that isn't a remake or a reboot of something, because they're, they're going to bring Powerpuff Girls at some point, some, like, new 52 DC comic book show at some point. That, I, that If this show gets renewed, I feel like I can add it to the All-Americans, Riverdale, Nancy Drew, of quality programs, because Supergirl and Black Lightning ends, and Superman and Lois is definitely being added into that top five quality shows, and the Republic of Sarah can definitely be a top five quality show. It's definitely Kung Fu and uh, Walker that I'm not really sold on. But again, they renewed Walker like instantly. like, And they also renewed, you know, Kung Fu after a bit of time. But yeah, I like that. I, For me personally, the fact that I can watch another show with Luke Mitchell is a good thing. Because this dude has been in plenty of great programs. People know him, obviously, because he was in the Tomorrow People. I never watched that. But when I watched him in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I watched him in Blind Spot, and then I watched him in the show The Code, and I've seen some of his movie, that I maybe somebody who goes back and watches Tomorrow People because he was a main role. I also said he was a main role in two other shows. H2O just had Water and Home and Away. So, personally, I do like this fact. Now, I'm hoping that he his character finally realizes that, you know what, I'm not mad at my sister, I'm mad at my mother for all the things she did, and he stays in this town and that, he becomes a main character in the show because I don't want it to be where he's only in the show for half the season and then you don't see him and stuff like that. That's where I'm just not, I don't want that to happen because he's such a good actor and usually playing redeemable people is just not in this season. He is in this show. Yeah, he's not because he's, you know, part of the company that's trying to mine this mineral for, you know, whatever the purpose is and they send him and he's like a lawyer, but I think him being a lawyer will help. Sarah's character because she needs people that can help her do things. So that's the interesting thing. So rest in peace to everybody who passed away in the pop culture world, the sports world. For everybody on the COVID-19 list, hopefully they get better. For everybody who retired, happy trails to them. And um, as always, on the radar, YouTube is the name. That's where you get your podcast, Apple, Google, or Spotify under that name. On the radar, entertain blog for Facebook. Radar far, far too away for my blogger account. And my Twitter account, and on the radarmedia.com is my website. Thanks for listening to episode number 90 of On the Radar, as we always talk about local and national sports and pop culture as well. I'm Radar. See you guys next time.